Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Vic. Now, the new intro does say we've been out in the Mike Duffy, but first thing I want to make sure and make clear that everybody knows is that I'm not with Ben this week, um, and I'll come on to it in a minute who I'm with, but the reason I'm not with Ben is, uh, as I'm sure our followers would have seen on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, that Ben is actually a um, father for the first time. Uh, him and his fiance Kate had the arrival of their wonderful daughter, Isla, um, so Ben is now away on parenting duties. Uh, he will be back next week, though, to uh, to discuss the, the Sheffield Wednesday results uh, and then discuss the Luton game going forward. Uh, but he, I just want to say massive congratulations, Ben. I know that you'll be listening back uh, and I, I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed for you, mate. I could do a whole podcast on how chuffed I am for you, mate. That, let's put it that way. But stepping into his place, in, um, is James from the Watford Way. James, how the hell are you? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you, Mike? I'm very, very good, thank you. I'm very good. You, uh, you looking forward to this one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I obviously just want to say um, big congratulations to Ben um, and his partner, of course. Um, that's great news. Hopefully we'll have um, another young Hornet there. He'll be coming to Watford Games very, very soon. And yeah, looking forward to the pod. Yeah, uh, and if you guys don't know already... Uh, James is the founder of the Watford Way. Uh, obviously, their link will be in the tweet as well. So if you don't already, go and check them out and go and subscribe to them on YouTube. But the reason that we're here is to talk about the first game of the season. That happened on Friday night. wasn't the most entertaining game, it must be said, but a win is a win. A 1-0 win against Middlesbrough at home, a Craig Cathcart header. Um, bearing in mind that the Arsenal defeat was only, um, I think it was 47 days in between the Arsenal defeat and the Middlesbrough game. I was sort of, it's been a bit weird in the lead up to it, thinking, oh, football's back. That buzz hasn't really been there, but when the match day had arrived, I sort of thought, okay, football is actually back. Uh, And it wasn't the best of games, was it, James? Uh, We'll we'll start start at the very beginning. The team moves... (laughs) The team selection, <laughs> what was your thought on the team selection? Well, because I was like, 
what? <laughs> like, yeah. Have they put the right thing out here? Or <laughs> no, exactly. I was really, I was really shocked actually when I saw that because um, obviously the week prior to um, our game against Middlesbrough, um, I'm sure you all watched um, our friendly against Tottenham, and you had the likes of Estu Pinyan. Um, I think Luis Suarez played in that um, at some point, and I was expecting um, a lot more first team players to be available. Um, but I think it was something absolutely ridiculous, like 15 or 16. Um, first team players were unavailable either due to knocks or um, potentially um, moves away to other clubs. So, um, so yeah, I was quite shocked um, at, at the team sheet. And there was also some players there who I completely forgot about, the likes of um, Mark Navarro and Jerome Sinclair. I mean, I did not even realise Jerome Sinclair was, uh, was still at the club. So, so yeah, it was, was a big surprise when I saw the lineup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for those again that don't know, uh, firstly, where have you been? But secondly, uh, the team for Watford was Foster, and then at the back was Ngakia, Kafkart, Kebaseli, Wilmot, Feminia, and then in the midfield you had Quinner, Cleverly, Chalabar, and then you had sort of uh, Ken. Uh, yeah, Ken sort of looked like at times he was playing up with João Pedro, but I believe that he was sort of put into the team to play behind. Chao Pedro. So you had Semer and Pedro. Yeah, um, I, I kind of thought he. I, th- I, I can't, it kind of looked like he was a wing back at times. So he kind of was yeah. doing a lot more defensive work than he would have done when he played under Javi anyway. Yeah. Um, and the bench was uh, Murray, Bachman, Sierra, Navarro, Pacetto, who's another one that we've spoken about on this podcast, mm-hmm. was pretty sure he was going to Udinese at one stage. Uh, and if you believe Twitter, it was pretty much done and dusted, but obviously not because he was on a bench. Um, Sinclair, as James has said, but the one for me that I was delighted that he was on the bench and actually come on later in the game was Dan Phillips. Uh, now, we'll get on to him in more depth a, a little bit later on in the show, but I thought he was brilliant against Spurs when he come on. And uh, from what I heard, against Scunthorpe as well, uh, he he really puts the shift in. Like, he looks like he wants to get stuck in. And hopefully, as I said on the last part, he's going to get a lot more game time this season now that we're in the Championship because he does look like a good young talent that we've got on our hands. And I believe he was the 63rd Academy graduate to, to play at Watford, uh, which is quite impressive for a team that are just full of Udinese loans, eh, Joe? <laughs> no, on that, I think that's something um, we were lacking in the Premier League, the, the lack of um, young players who had come up come up through the academy so um so good to see um he's got a chance absolutely but yeah so into the game itself now uh, yes it took 11 minutes for us to score but it it, uh, it was almost like watching a different Watford side a little bit so the one that played against Tottenham like you, it was clear from the clip that we clips that we saw against Scunthorpe because we didn't see much and what we saw of the Tottenham game that we like to pass it about the one touch football using the wing backs a lot, and we we did that, but it was almost a little bit sloppier. Um, and I get that it was quite a different team from the one that played against Scunthorpe and Spurs, but it was almost a bit lacklustrous at the time, and like it, it just didn't seem like it was going quite to plan for us when the sort of early stages in the game. I don't know if you thought that as well, Jerry. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think um, I think against Tottenham, I think. In fact, I think a lot of the players that played against Middlesbrough, in fact, I think I messaged you before the game um, just saying that I was quite worried coming up against uh, Neil Warnock just um, in terms of his style of play. 
And I yeah. thought maybe for some of the players on the pitch um, who like to pass the ball on the ground a lot, it was a lot more um, scrappy than it was against Tottenham, who had a lot of quality. Um, and there's a, there a lot of young players on the pitch as well who I just thought maybe um, may, maybe this wasn't the game for them. I thought um, Domingos Kina especially did not did not have a good game. But um, that first ten minutes um, was was promising. Um, but there was a few. Um, I thought Sombolonga looked quite dangerous in the break for Middlesbrough. Yeah, yeah. As did Fletcher, I think. You know, they, like you said, James. You know, you know what you're getting when you're coming up against Neil Warnock side. Uh, although it, I say that, but I, I'll put a stat out as, as part of the new previews, ladies and gents, that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be doing sort of like a stat pack uh, for previews because we don't have the time, and we we don't have the time to be putting out podcasts for every pre-match and every post-match so um, if you haven't already uh, just have a look back on the one I did for the Middlesbrough game we, we sort of did it last season but yeah, we're going to be doing that but one of the stats which uh, it was you know nice to read before I, I, I tweeted it was there's well there's one it's only us now but before the game there was only two teams that have beat Neil Warnock's sides the most and it was us and Reading both on 14. So our record personally against the Neil Warnock side, although we know how he's going to set up and it's going to be very difficult, very scrappy game, we ge- we generally tend to come off better. Uh, and that stat obviously lives on. Uh, and we're now obviously the most, um, we've, we've beat a Warnock side the most. So we'll have to see how Reading get on against Middlesbrough yeah. this season. <laughs> but um, yeah, like he says, you know, I, I thought they made it very difficult for us. And I think this is what Vlad's, and listen, I feel a bit bad sort of saying all this because it is only one game in. I'm not expecting us to be completely different animal. Um, you know, Vlad's not had the most time. Pre-season's not been the normal pre-season. So he, he's had a, a limited time to sort of implement his style of play. Uh, and and Ivic himself said to uh, to the media afterwards that he said, I believe we didn't do good things in our attacking moments. We didn't play very well with the ball. We have to work a lot to improve this part of the game. So it was clear in that sense that we may be a little bit sloppy with our passing. There was a few um, misplaced passes, as you'd expect it to be with the first game of the season. But Warnock also said that their keeper, other than the goal, he didn't have much to do. And he's right. Like The, the passages of play were OK and you know it got better as the game went on. But I just thought that we really struggled at times to break Middlesbrough down uh, and, and much to the credit of Middlesbrough for that. But is that something that you think it's literally because it's only the first game of the season? Or do you think that maybe Vlad has to understand that the Championship's not quite as straightforward as he, he perhaps thought? I don't know what your views would be. Yeah, on that, I think um, he's only been with the squad um, a good couple of weeks, really. Um but you have to remember also that a lot of our um, main players that we relied on in, in the Prem last season um, were unavailable. The likes of you got Will Hughes to come back, um, Andre Gray to come back, um, Kapu if he stays, Troy if he stays. Um, so there's a lot of players that will add to our forward play um, if they do stay. And I hope a number of them will, um, but it also looks like a number of them are going to leave as well. So it's about getting that right mix of um of defense of defensive play, but also we have to have enough going forward um, to be able to score the goals. And I just thought at times um, 
we did have some opportunities, but we just weren't clinical enough. I think that final ball um, wasn't good enough. I know João Pedro tried a few um, nice little flicks, but they just didn't quite come off. But I'm sure with time, um, that will get better. Yeah, and we will touch on João Pedro's performance in a minute, but we'll, we'll, we, we've not actually touched on the goal itself. It came on 11 minutes and it was um, something that Watford don't usually do. We scored from a corner. We we scored from a set-piece, Joe. God, I was delighted. Frank, Absolutely yeah. delighted with that. Well, I was a bit worried because it was Quinner took a short corner. Um, I, I can't remember what way round it was. I think Quinner took the corner, played it to Semmer, who then just hit it first time and there was Craig Cathcart and the keeper had no chance. But it was brilliant to see us actually score from a corner and we looked threatening from set pieces, which is a real change from last season. Well, absolutely. I thought um, I thought he got the better of his man. It was quite a thumping header actually into the bottom left-hand mm. corner and great delivery from Ken Semmer actually, who um, was at lo- on loan at um, Udinese last season and... Um, Hopefully, we'll see a bit more of that um, this year. I mean, hopefully, if Craig Dawson stays, you saw towards the end of last season, Craig Dawson getting, um, I think, post-lockdown, he got um, two or three goals, didn't he, from from yeah. set pieces. So, um, so it's definitely something to work on. And I think um, after the game, Craig Cuthcart said they'd actually worked on that the night before in training, that, that set-piece mm-hmm. routine. So, uh, so, it's always good to see. Absolutely. And uh, I, I think it proved that it, that was the case. Uh, but, you know, Watford did what Watford do. And although we, we're expecting much better times under Vlad, we, we made it difficult for ourselves. We didn't really create anything that sort of clear after. João Pedro is one player that I really want to speak about because I don't know if anyone's seen the heat map, but the heat map is, he just, he was everywhere. Like, I, I, and I, I don't for one minute want to slag off Troy Deeney, and I, I don't mean this in, in a bad way, but it's just so different to what we saw the majority of last season was, we'll, we'll, we'll hoof it up to Troy. If Troy can win a flick on and we, we can get something from that, then happy days. Like, Pedro put himself about, and he's put on five kilograms uh, of muscle um, but um, <laughs> in lockdown, and um, he just looks like he's ready for the championship. Like, he, 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 we could have a real talent on our hands, here, Jones. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think he was only three, three million pounds from Fluminense when he, uh, when he arrived in January, and um, it was unfortunate that, uh, that he didn't really get a chance under under Pearson to show what he could do because, um, in that he came on in that last game against Arsenal, and he thought he looked promising in that, and um, and yeah, he started up top against Middlesbrough. I thought his movement was. It was a delight, actually, because we. How often do we see movement from a Watford striker? We don't really. So uh, we've been watching Troy Deeney for all these years. So um, so no, it was, it was del- really, really, really refreshing actually to see to see a striker um, getting behind that much. Yeah, and uh, what surprises me as well is obviously coming from the uh, Brazilian league. Uh, they put perhaps he he may know more about the Premier League with it being such a, a big league, but. He's sort of got the understanding that the championship is a lot more physical, hence why he's put weight on. Um, his hold-up play was brilliant. Um, and he, he, he created some half chances, uh, but I, I, I was really impressed with his hold-up play because uh, like, like you look at him and you, you think he's not going to be able to hold it up. But he, he was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, he was putting, making dangerous passes, 
for his uh, teammates. You know, I think yeah. he put Ngakia through at one stage and he, he, he involves other players around him as well. And th- we've sort of had that with Troy in his younger years in the championship and he, he, he worked. So I firmly believe that once he gets a goal, and I do think it's going to be very, very soon, mm-hmm. I, I think he'll hit the ground running. And, yeah. and we could be looking at a minimum 15 goal a season striker uh, in the form of yeah, Jack Pedro. So. I think he's six foot as well. I think that goes under the radar a little bit. He, so he's quite a quite a big lad. And I think because um, he's still going to have time to grow into his body. So I think the more he develops, um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting that, that we've got a striker with, with as much potential as, as he has. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the rest of the game, it sort of just, it, it was mainly Middlesbrough. Um, I, I think from memory they they had um, their, their best chance was probably the the free kick from um, a Sombolonga, which Foster ended up putting over, uh, tipping over. But were you perhaps worried about how much Middlesbrough were getting into the game, or again, are you not so worried because it's so early on? You know, mistakes are going to be made. It's not going to be absolutely you know perfect first time around. You are, are you generally happy because? At the end of the day, James, what people have to remember, I've seen a lot of people already on social media slagging off certain players like Salaba for one, who I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleverly was brilliant. Uh, you know, captain, uh, really, really good candidate for captain as well because he's got the experience. But yeah. I, I'm seeing people already moaning about certain players. It's the first game of the season. Yeah, it might not have been pretty. Yeah, there might have been a few misplaced passes. But at the end of the day, we... <laughs> Neil Warnock alluded to it himself in the the pre-match interview. The teams that tend to go up, the teams that win, and they win games by grinding them out and perhaps not deserving it. And we've done exactly that. Yeah, exactly. And um, look, I mean, a a win is a win ultimately. No matter how you do it, three points is three points. And um, and I'm sure the squad will just be delighted to get off to a winning start because we're on such a bad... Um, run of form coming off last season. I think um, I think that's exactly what they needed, and um, to do it against the Neil Warnock side, I, I was quite impressed that that we managed to hold out um, for that one nil win because I thought um, towards the end um, they did put us under a bit of pressure, but but we did hold out. Them experienced heads got us over the line, and um, yeah, overall was it was a I'd say I was bored at times watching it, um, but. But we got over the line, and that, that's all I can ask for. And if if the rest of the season we just got one nil wins, um, I'd be I'd be over the moon. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, we'd play a little bit better, and it would be a little bit more entertaining than that. But Hopefully. at the end of the day, you know, I, I've been speaking to a, a lot of mates of mine. I've obviously um, in Birmingham a lot, and they had a big win over the weekend. And you know, just talking to people, they were saying, well. Your your game wasn't the, the most entertaining, but at the end of the day, I think there's this certain expectation of us to come down. And now that graphic's been released of the squad numbers and seeing who we've got on paper, I think a lot of teams outside of Watford are thinking Watford should walk this league and play some fantastic stuff. But at the end of the day, a scrappy 1-0 win on a Friday night is just as good as, you know, playing you know, tick tick attack of football and, and, and winning six, seven nil sort of thing. Like it's just as good for the confidence for the lads. So yeah. I, I really do think that this it has gone under the radar a little bit, but I I think this is a, a much more important win for confidence than people perhaps think. Um but I, I also think 
that that lineup will change quite a lot from for the next league game as well, uh, because yeah. of ins and outs. You know, the the, the news has come about today. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, by the way, ladies and gents. But the the news has come about today that it looks like Stupinham's off to Villarreal. Is it or yes. is it Athletic Villarreal? Yeah. Villarreal, yeah, uh, and it's fifteen million euros, I believe, James. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and um, fifteen million, euros, and yeah, yeah. I, and you mentioned that, and I think it's, um, I'm sure you agree with me, Mike. I think it's a real shame that he's going to be leaving just purely because um, we, we, you know, we all saw him play against Tottenham. You know that that to me said that he'd be sticking around, um, but I think he's only got one year left in his contract, and and ultimately the situation we find ourselves in, um, a player one year left on his contract with the offer of top flight football in Spain, um, you know, Watford need the money at the end of the day. And um, that's a deal that has to be done, unfortunately. But um, look, I wish him all the best, even though I've only seen him in a Watford shirt once. And uh, and hopefully we can get a, a young uh, replacement in for him. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, it's just another example of the gems that the Pozzos are finding. You know, the, 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 the way that they blood these young players through and from teams that you may not have heard of, and then, you know, sell them on for a bigger fee. Uh, you know, we've got 15 million euros for a player that's played once for us in a pre-season friendly. Um, now, uh, don't get me wrong, I'd have loved to have stayed. And like you said, James, the Tottenham game, I was sort of thinking, OK, maybe he's staying then. But, you know, at the end of the day, as you said, we need the money. We've got 15 million euros for a player that's played for us once, not even in a competitive game. Sort of, thank you very much. If you don't want to be here... Then yeah. see you later, sort of thing. Um, I was also surprised that Feminier played as well, talking about you know the, the Spanish and whatnot. Mm. So I was I was adamant that he was going to be going to Valencia. I, I really did think that he, he was going to be because he wasn't training with the squad at one stage, but I think that was more down to uh, having to quarantine because he'd come back from Spain. But I, I was I was certain that he would have gone, uh, and I, I hope he sticks around. Because I thought he was good at times in the Prem. Yeah. So I think he can be even better in the Championship. But um, another player that looks to be leaving is um, is Luis Suarez. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're saying that Marseille are the favourites at the moment. Um, yeah. Now, that would be a massive, massive shame if he was to leave. Um, I was really, really looking forward to seeing him play. Um, and I genuinely think that he would have got minimum 15 goals this season. Yeah, I think that, that would have been a real blow. Um, that will be a real blow for Watford, I should say. Sorry, if um, if he does leave. Um, Adam Leventhal, I think it was this afternoon he came out and he basically tweeted that they're the leading candidates to sign him from Watford, um, but Watford are still keen to retain him. So it looks like if they put in a good enough offer, he will be yeah. he, w- he will be out the door, unfortunately. But um but that will be a real blow, really, to our promotion chances because if Troy's off, if Luis Suarez is off, that leaves us with um, who's that leaves us with? Andre Gray, Glenn Murray, and Jao Pedro really up front. So um, and Pericha as well. Oh, of course. Is that yeah. how you pronounce it? I'm not sure how you <laughs> I'm pronounce not sure, it. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we might be a little bit light up front, but um, mm-hmm. but I what but. <sighs> It's just one of them things, isn't it? It comes with relegation. You know, I think it's finally starting to to settle in for Watford fans that we we may lose a lot of our stars um, mm-hmm. that that usually feature in the first team. Um, so again, like Estupinian, it it will be a, r- a real shame if he leaves. Absolutely, absolutely, will. But at the end of the day, we've got off to a winning start, which is what we expected. Um, but 
you know, not the prettiest of games, but in the championship, doesn't matter how, doesn't matter how you get it, a win is a win. Uh, and we were briefly sitting top of the league. <laughs> uh, and yes. then Birmingham come along and then a load of other clubs won. By yeah. I, think we're te- I think we're 10th now, aren't we? I believe we are, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, bloody... Maybe you know, it's that, time that, for that... Ibits to go, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should change our name to AFC Watford because then we'll, we, we'll probably be higher up. Yeah. The, uh, the yeah. W doesn't do us any favours. No. Um, going off the back of this... We've got a cup game coming up on Tuesday at the Kassam Stadium. We're away at Oxford United, who were last year's quarter-finalists. And they've actually won the League Cup as well, uh, back in the 80s. So, it'd be interesting to see what sort of team he puts out and what we're going to do with the League Cup. Because I don't want to go into too much depth in it, but I just think that the League Cup... I know Man City like keep winning it, and mm-hmm. it's not fair because Man City's second string side, Man City's third string side, they would still get in the top six in the Premier League. So no matter how weak, and I say weak in inverted commas, a side Man City put out, it's more than likely enough to be able to win the whole thing. But yeah. I think that teams like ourselves and like teams that have come down or they're in the bottom half of the Premier League, should take this cup more seriously because a lot of teams uh, uh, completely wrote the cup off. So I I don't know, what are your thoughts going into that game? Do you think team-wise, do you think we're going to see largely a a fringe side or do you think Ivic is going to be like, well, I I need to implement this style, so I'm going to keep with the team that I would play in the league? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of the team that played against Middlesbrough play against Oxford. I think that um, I think they need to get some minutes in their legs. Um, I'd like to see Dan Backman in goal. I think um, yes. you know he, he is the number two now for us, so I think he deserves his chance. He looked good against uh, against Tottenham, um, but again, like most cup competitions, you tend to have a mix of youth and uh, and experience. Um, and hopefully we can get some of these player situations sorted out. Who's staying, who's going. And um, I know Sars just come back from Senegal. Maybe it's a chance for him to get 10 or 20 minutes in his legs before um, we play Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, look, would I take it seriously? Up to a point, yes. But I think the main aim for Watford is to get promoted back to the Premier League. And I wouldn't want a cup competition to detract from that. Yeah. No, I I agree. Look, you know, we want to get up to the Prem, but I sort of part of me does think that he he might throw a few curveballs, uh, and there'll be some inclusions that you don't perhaps expect. Uh, and I, I wouldn't mind if we, we give it a go, uh, as I'm sure that Ivic is capable of making sure that we won't get distracted um, from the league with the cup. But I just think if we're going to go for a cup, it needs to be this one because a lot of teams don't take it seriously. But the other problem we've got is we're more than likely, you know, going to draw Man City at some stage, which our record against Man City is absolutely horrendous. Yes. But it would be interesting to see us come up against Man City with Ivic in um, in the helm. Yeah. Because I think I think it could be could be very very different. But listen, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. But yes. Um, <laughs> in preparation for the Oxford game, uh, I did speak to a uh, young gentleman from the. Manor podcast not sure of the name but uh, hey ho Um, and his name was James and the interview that I did it wasn't an audio one 
Um, it, it, it was just um, me asking him a few questions. Those questions will be going up. This podcast lands on the Monday, so you're listening to it on the Monday. The um, quite the interview that I did with James from Samana Podcast, uh, the questions and the answers will be on our Twitter page on Monday eve uh, on Tuesday morning. Sorry, of the day of the game. So it would it, it's a very very interesting points that James makes uh, surrounding Oxford because they uh, they got to the quarters last year and they convincingly beat West Ham as well on route. So. There are, there are no mugs in that competition. So it's going to be very, very interesting. But um, I wouldn't be absolutely devastated if we were to crash out of the cup, to be honest. So I think what you've said there, James, um, it, it would be one last distraction. But yeah. with that said, I'm sort of contradicting myself because I don't think Ibic would allow us to be too uh, distracted by it. So it's it's going to be an interesting one to see what sort of team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the likes of Sierra Elsa, um, you see Pericha, um, I, I, we haven't signed anyone else from Udinese yet, but uh, <laughs> Backman, as you say, uh, maybe even Glenn Murray. Maybe he'll start from the off. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd, like, this, this, I'd, I'd yeah. like to see. Sorry, sorry, Mike, just to butt in there. I'd no, like no. to see um, Dan Phillips get get a start yes. as well. Um, yes. you know he he played against Tottenham, didn't he? He came on he for the last uh, ten or so minutes. Was it? Ten? I think it was the last five, wasn't it? Against uh, Middlesbrough. Um, and look, Dan Phillips is. I think he's only nineteen, but. He, he really he really gets stuck in, so to speak. So uh, so yeah, it'd be, be good to see him get ninety minutes uh, against Oxford. It certainly certainly would, uh, and perhaps some other uh, youth players as well that we've uh, we've seen in. Because I, I believe um, we have actually signed Toby Stevenson from Charlton. He was on trial, uh, and he does have a player profile on the Watford website, but nothing's been officially announced. So that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye out on. Uh, but he's been largely involved with the the team in pre-season, so possibly we'll uh, we'll see him as well. Uh, and then after that, it feels like we're jumping into the fixture. It's really, really deep here. But after that, we return to the league, and it's a nice trip to Hillsborough on the Saturday. <laughs> um, so it's me and Jones will speak about it for a little bit. But I did speak to Peter from Owls About Stats podcast um, earlier on today. Uh, and you'll hear his thoughts on what he believes, how the game will go, uh, who he sees as a threat for Watford, who we should see as a threat from Sheffield Wednesday, and just how he hopes that the season will go all together because of their 12-point deduction. But before you guys hear that, I just want to talk about it very, very quickly. Do you think this is a good time or a bad time to be playing them because of this 12-point deduction hanging over the heads? Yeah, They're I... already down to minus nine as well, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. So, look... Mm. You know, I think. Um, look, re- I'm probably reading too much into it, but you look. You look at the deduction they've got. Um, they'd they'd be wanting to rectify that as soon as possible um, to be with a chance of getting as high up the league as possible. And um, I feel like that might be a factor that that drives them on against us trying to trying to reduce that deduction they've got. Um, so it's probably not a great time. They're probably um, going to be putting a few tackles in, getting stuck in. Um, you know, so probably not a good time to be playing them. Um, but you know, hopefully we can get over the line, and um, hopefully we'll have a few more players returning from injury, or or at least um, returning from all this ridiculous transfer speculation that seems to be going on around Watford. Yeah, yeah, I really hope so. And like you said, it, it's going to be a, a more physical one for for uh, for Ibich to to sort of comprehend because they will be up for it. They will want to fight. Um, we we tend to have a decent record recently against um, 
Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough. Uh, I think the, the last time we went to Hillsborough was in 2014 and we won 3-0. Uh, and then the, the time before that was in March and we won 4-1. So, mm. you know, we in, in terms of our record at Hillsborough, uh, I think we've actually won the last... We've won the last four at Hillsborough. Uh, we've won 3-0, 4-1, 2-1 and 4-1 again. So we've got a decent record um, at Hillsborough. So hopefully... Long may that continue, but I do think that sort of Ivic needs to be a bit careful because yeah. they did pick up a very, very good win against Cardiff, who I think a lot of people will tip to be certainly in and around the playoff spots. Yeah. Um, and that will have done their confidence a world of good. But on the other hand, they've still got minus nine points. They still need three wins just to get zero points. <laughs> so, you know, it, it could work in our favour, really, or, or against us. But, um, yeah. As I said, uh, I did speak to Peter from the Owls About podcast earlier on. We're joined by Peter uh, to talk about the game that's coming up against Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, on the Tuesday, um, we have Oxford in the Cup. I believe Sheffield Wednesday have Rochdale. So the game is on the Saturday the 19th. And we, as always, um, are continuing the feature of speaking to an opposition fan. So, firstly, Peter, I think it's probably the most obvious question that I'm going to ask. What's the vibe been like in the camp for Sheffield Wednesday fans surrounding this 12-point deduction? Because you need to win four pretty much straight away just to get level. Is is it a bit a bit of a dark place at the moment for, for Wednesday fans? Uh, I think we're we're trying to make uh, make something out of the necessity, so to speak. Um, I think a lot of fans are are seeing that if you if you think about it, uh, you need fifty points to survive in the championship. So with the twelve points reduction on top of that, that's sixty two points. Mm-hmm. That's bang bang in the middle of the, of the table. That's twelfth, and you need to to basically win one, draw one, and and lose one for every three games. Um, we had a quite an, an underwhelming season last season, but we weren't that far off sixty two points. So it doesn't take like a Herculean uh, uh, performance from us to uh, to get to uh, to to um, to survival this season, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And if you look at this, this, there was a survey done by by Yorkshire Live um, a few days ago, and I think it was only about a fourth of Wednesday fans who expected us to be relegated, uh, whereas about half of them thought we'd be um, we'd be in, in in the bottom third of the of the table. So so it's I think largely. We've we've tried to make something good out of, uh, of of a really bad situation, and it's been like a rallying cry for for Gary Monk, for for both the fans and the players, and and, and the players who've come in basically know that we are on minus twelve. So so it's probably some of the mercenary types that that you can can recruit. Sometimes they've probably been dissuaded by to to, to join us. So the, the players who have joined us know the task ahead and know they they they, they have fight in them and they have good mentality. Um, so I think actually people have. Have have moved on from from the doom and gloom towards a situation where we're saying, well, we got to stick one up the for one up uh, at the EFL and uh, and show that we can we can beat the predictions of a lot of people before the season and and survive this season. Yeah, it sounds an obvious question, but is that the objective this season, just to stay up because of this, or do you think, as you said, you you weren't far off the the fifty point uh, the sixty odd point mark last season? Are you looking beyond just staying up and then maybe mid-table with this points deduction? Or is it as obvious as 
We've got 12, minus 12 points. We need to stay up. I think Gomong is trying to make, make it out that we, we're not just going for survival. Um, and then you can understand that he wants to, to keep the levels of ambition really high um, because it'd be, be much, much nicer to be in a situation where we might even have a, a bit of a cushion to the bottom three um, come March, April. Yeah. Um, and 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 rather than than, than planning the season around uh, scrapping for points uh, from from the beginning, we, we we look like we we want to to attack this head on and and uh, and win some points rather than just uh, nullify games and um, and and uh, and try to scrap for 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 the points as I said. So I I, I think Monk is aiming higher than that, and I think many Wednesday fans um, don't really know how to deal with with being on minus twelve points. And in my mind, you just have to throw the minus twelve out of the window and and just. Just apply it when when the the final table is there because because we can't do anything about it and uh, and and it will show us in a in a in a false t- position on the table all season, basically. So so I, I think we have to uh, we just have to forget about the points deduction and just focus on 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 winning enough games and and reaching targets of points uh, for various stages of the season. Yeah, and it, you know it's it's all well and good this next question saying it, but would you say that? It would have been a completely different season in terms of your expectations if that minus 12 points deduction wasn't there. Would you maybe, would Sheffield Wednesday fans be be hoping that Gary Monk would be sort of pushing for a promotion spot or what? I know it's easy to sit here and say if you didn't have the minus 12, but if you didn't, would it be a completely different season? And uh, would it be like, right, promotion this season? That's got to be the bare minimum. What, What would the thoughts be around that if there was no minus 12 points um well Wednesday fans as a whole and i'm probably including that uh, are renowned for our ridiculously high expectations <laughs> um so so i think most people would have expected a, a push for the playoffs which about half of the teams in, in the in the division will probably be thinking ahead of the season yeah. so so it's 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 definitely changed the the outlook of the season completely and and it yeah it's it's um the, the the chairman is also someone who uh, who who doesn't want to admit defeat. That's the uh, the most diplomatic way I can I can put it. So so he he definitely be be aiming for promotion. Um, uh, and and he was last season as well. And he has been in every season he's been here since he uh, since he bought the club five years ago. So so it, in some ways it's actually you can you can twist it into actually being a positive that we have that weight of expectation lifted off yeah. of our shoulders and and whatever we do above surviving will actually be seen as a victory which is different for these these players because they've been under a lot of pressure and and also crippling under that pressure uh, previously. Yeah, well, I mentioned at the start you'd you'd need four wins just to get yourselves to zero points and sort of level. Um, one win already in the bag uh, away at Cardiff, which. A lot of people are tipping Cardiff to do well this season uh, and, and possibly even push on for promotion themselves. So, first of all, that's a brilliant win being away from home and against a, a team that people think they're going to be up there. Do you think, how, how, were, how are you feeling towards the game against ourselves? Because uh, obviously a, a lot of people are expecting us to go straight back up. Do you think that win against Cardiff will help you massively confidence-wise going into the game at Watford? Or what, what's your general thoughts about the game uh, at home to, to ourselves? Well, I think before the game, I, I talked with a few of my, my mates um, in England uh, before the game, and, and uh, I said that the Cardiff game is not going to be a bore, uh, uh, no-score no draw. It's either going to be us losing 3-0 by 20 minutes, or it's, it's going to be us being completely on the ball. Uh, and then, thankfully, it was, it was the latter. 
um, and and after what we saw from after the, the the COVID break and then the restart in uh, in last season, we saw a team that didn't really turn up for a lot of the matches and seemed quite feeling sorry for itself. Um, so this was a big test of whether Gary Monk, with the with the new coaching staff he has in, whether he's been able to change the the feeling of the players and and the mentality of the squad. And and on that showing, it really has because I've not seen a Wednesday team be that. Um, be that in the faces of, uh, of of the opposition for a long, long time, um, and and that 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 ability to to fight it out and to stay compact and trust the system you're playing and trust your teammates to make the runs and to make the tackles, that's that's a long, long time since we've seen that. Um, so that's really encouraging. And the other point is, um, well, like a lot of the other teams, we've not really got a number nine at the moment. Uh, I really miss Stephen Fletcher. Um, thankfully he's injured at the moment but but we, we really need a number nine and we've been, been needing that for for, for yeah since the, the COVID break um, where Fletcher refused to play um, but what we saw on on, on Saturday was um, both uh, Windus and, uh, and Jordan Rhodes scoring um, uh, in, in, the, in the two strikers positions um, and Rhodes, I think it was his first goal in nine months, and he's uh, yeah. We've had a lot of false dawns with him. He's, he's got a hat trick, a perfect hat trick uh, against Nottingham Forest last season. But that was, I think, those were these were his only goals last season. So mm-hmm. we're not we're not trying we try not to get ahead of ourselves with with how the, the strikers did. But there were a lot of encouraging signs, um, and 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 albeit that Cardiff were looking like a team that had just started pre-season, was sluggish on the ball and wasting the ball. And the first goal was us pouncing on a mistake of theirs. And, and the second goal was a, was a set piece, uh, a free kick that they really should have cleared that, two or three chances to clear it, um, and they didn't. Um, so, so, I mean, it, it was, I didn't really expect that from a, from a Neil Harris side. They, they're usually very well drilled and, and they certainly were at, at the, and Millwall, and, and he really had some something good going with Cardiff uh, last season as well. Um, so I was I was quite taken aback by how 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 poor uh, Cardiff looked. Uh, and seeing your game against um, or some of the game against uh, against Borough on on Friday to open the season uh, is it, it's, it's a frightening frightening looking uh, squad. Uh, Watford have uh, when you look at the names of the players, but if you look at the names of the players when when Stoke uh, came into the championship, it was it was equally frightening. And, and Stoke have struggled to uh, to get promoted and even struggled to to stay in the division last season. So it it can be a positive challenge to have so many uh, so good players that you obviously have, um, but. I guess on the plus side, Watford is a, is, a, is, a, is a club that is used to a lot of changes all the time. I mean, you seem to change managers more often than, we, than the rest of us change underpants. So, 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 so maybe, maybe you're used to it and you can, you can build that. But, but, but obviously, there are some, some, some really, really good footballers in that side of yours. Um, and, and obviously, uh, the, uh, the lad up front, uh, Joao Pedro, he, he, um, he, he, likes, he likes dribbling with the ball. Um, and just looking at the uh, at the different stats and uh, and and uh, charts and what have you from on um, heat maps from from your game against Middlesbrough, it seemed you you attack a lot over the uh, over the left side of the pitch and and uh, you have some pace there. But thankfully, we have um, we we likely to play, play Kadim Harris uh, at um, at right wing back and um, and Dominic Ayolfa in, in the right centre back position. Were two uh, very pacey players, so. I think we should be able to nullify the the, the pace threat of of, uh, of Watford, um, and if we if, if we're able to stay as compact and pounce on 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 mistakes in in uh, counter attacks, because you did make some mistakes in your in your build up play, um, we might mm. actually be be more of a match to you than than I thought um, three four days ago. 
Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned previously that you don't really have a number nine because of Fletcher. Um, Jordan Rhodes, obviously, scoring recently. Josh Windass, he's new uh, and he's on the score sheet already. Who would you say is your danger man this season? Well, on, on the current showing, it's, it's definitely Windass. Um, we, we, we're not like, I don't think we're likely. Have, well, I, I, I hope we get a number nine in. Um, <laughs> But it's the rumours at the moment are that we're trying to get uh, Kenneth Zohora from um, from uh, West Bromwich in, in on loan. I'm not really thrilled about that. Um, uh, there are other number nines that I'd rather us sign. Yeah. But if we if we continue playing as we did um, um, against Cardiff, uh, Windus he's, he's a really clever footballer, and, and it's actually quite hard to see if, if you see him on TV. But I've, I, uh, the, the last game that uh, the last league game Wednesday played, where fans were allowed in into the stadium. Um, was in was was March first, I think, or February twenty eighth, and, and I was actually there, mm-hmm. and just seeing Windas move off the ball and and constantly tr- pointing uh, where he wants the ball, constantly shouting as as his teammates at his teammates to to where which passes to make and and the runs, and trying to anticipate where the ball is going to be four or five seconds from now. He's 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 a really clever player, um, and definitely someone who's who who seems to be a confidence player as well. Um, so at the moment he's looking like the, the most likely guy to to break 15 goals this season for us, um, which is ob- quite obvious to say after he scored and, and assisted the a goal as well in in his first game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and obviously we've talked about the depth in squad that Watford have got. You know, you said on paper it's quite a, a fr- frightening side, really. Uh, on paper, who would you say from a opposition's point of view? Who are you least likely or, or least looking forward to playing against from the Watford side? Is, is there anyone in particular that you think don't really fancy going up against him? Uh, is, is there a sort of a danger man from your point of view for Watford that you're not particularly looking forward to? Yeah, I think Joe Pedro, he, he looks like... A... He doesn't look like a championship player, does he? No. <laughs> um, and and I, I guess I guess the question with with a guy like him is um, can he can he do what what some of the uh, the guys at uh, Wolves did when when they were promoted and, and keep at it all season and just use that quality to just uh, hover above the uh, the waters and and just annihilate the the division. I mean, a guy like Shao Pedro with the, with the stuff he's showing, he, he's he could easily get. 25 goals in the championship if he wanted to, but um, can he keep up the the motivation and the hunger when he gets um, kicked in the uh, in the shins and in, in the knees uh, for the tenth time in in the first half of the game? That's another question. Um, but it, a guy like him, if he's he's on song and he, if he gets the space, which thankfully we were really good at, at denying space to to Cardiff. Um, we, when we play a three three five two, a bit like um, like Middlesbrough did, which means we, we we are very compact in the central areas of the pitch. And when when our, our midfield collapses on on top of the uh, the defence, that there's not really any room in there uh, for 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 passes uh, or, or quick one twos or, or dribbles, uh, as as it seems like Shell Pedro likes receiving the ball uh, on either side of the pitch and then drive towards the centre and, and have a shot. And I think we we should be equipped to uh, to stop that sort of thing. But he's he's still. I mean, he's the sort of player who can be who looks like he can be out of a game for eight nine minutes and then score the winner um, in injury time. So, so I'm not looking forward to him. And and, and obviously, your um, guy Cathcart scored um, from from a set piece, and you, you look quite dangerous from set pieces as well. So, 
Plus, yeah. I, we have some, we have some good. I offer um, and Lisa are, are both good defenders uh, in the air as well. So, so again, it's not a threat. I'm 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 that worried about. We quite well drilled uh, both defensively and, and attackingly in uh, if, uh, when it comes to set pieces uh, ourselves. So, yeah. So not, I'm actually, uh, uh, it's weird because when you, when you when the fixtures came out, um, I think we played Brentford in a few weeks as well. Uh, it was like, oh, this is going to be a really tough start because Cardiff, <laughs> obviously, as I said, were also. Well, they're likely to be challenging for the playoffs at least this season. Yeah. Uh, and obviously yourself, if you don't get promoted, that's a big disappointment. Mm. And, and Brentford will, will want to kick on and, and get automatic promotion this season as well with, with all the, the money they now have to invest in this one as well. So, so it, it, this, this is a championship. I mean, you can, uh, you can spend all the money you want, which we, we have done uh, to, to our Jagrin uh, for, the, for the last five, five years. Um, and you can have all the best players uh, you want, but it's not going to win you the division or, or win you wins in, in this division. You, you really need to knuckle down and work hard. Um, and that's the big question mark I have about Watford, I guess. Um, yeah. whether, whether this supremely quality-wise uh, quality squad you have, whether that can translate into to being uh, putting in good performances, um, including against us. And I think it's a good time to play you because... You, you look like a team still in flux and there, there will be quite a few players moving out um, and, and you need to, to, to replace a lot of players and, and, and uh, you have a new coach in as well and all that. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic and trying to build on, on some of the optimistic points and thinking, okay, this might actually not be a bad time to play Watford um, at, um, in, in one of the first games of the season. And I think Borough showed that there are some, some Weaknesses um, to Watford's defence, um, yeah. especially when you when you chug it into the channels and, and have some running duels. If you have some strong strong people on the ball, then a guy like Kadim Harris would, would relish um, having some some runs, and he's strong as well against uh, against your defenders. Um, the way Fletcher, Fletcher in particular had um, against you for for Borough. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that said, um, I'm going to push you for a, a score prediction. What 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 do you fancy next Saturday, Peter? Well, yeah, that's put me on the spot, hasn't it? Um, well, it's it's one of those games where before the game I'd be delighted with the draw, um, and we have some newfound um, defensive solidity, uh, which which surprises me. And and again, I think Borough did quite well to to limit you to uh, to 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 not not a lot from like open chances and so so on. And and we should be able to do the same. Mm. I'm thinking, and this is going to be a bit of a, a wimp out, but it's a one-one draw is probably yeah. what I'm going for, uh, and I can see I can see uh, us going ahead um, and and you equalising. Um, so that's that's probably what I'm going for. Um, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, it's it's hard to predict, isn't it? It yeah. could be it could be anything at this stage of the season. Absolutely, with it being so early on, and put, you know way that managers, new managers want to implement their style, it doesn't happen straight away. So yeah. I completely agree. Um, and just to, to finish off, really, um, we've been asking every fan this, who are your three to go up and three to go down, starting with your three to go up? Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> you want I've to been, spot even more? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, well, I've been collecting the uh, the predictions of about 30 different people and, and podcasts and what have you. Um, so... so I've not done my own. I've, again, I've wimped out because I don't really tend to watch that much of the uh, the championship other than Wednesday um, due to time constraints. Um, but I mean, the obvious ones to go up, I think yourselves will go up. Um, and I think Brentford will go up this season as well. Um, and then it's it's a 
it could be anyone. Um, I could see a team like Millwall doing well in the playoffs yeah. and actually getting promotion. Um, and the teams to go down, it's it's hard to see Wickham staying up. Um, yeah. I really hope Rotherham stay up. I like Paul Warren a lot. Um, but whether whether that that will materialise, it's it's hard to say. Um, it seemed like Reading could could be in trouble. Um, Huddersfield and Birmingham as well. I would probably go Wickham, Huddersfield, and Birmingham. Uh, I think there are some of the teams at the bottom who who've been been struggling to stay in the division for a few years who might actually find it a bridge too far uh, this season. But yeah, yeah, it's hard, really hard to uh, to predict. It is, it is indeed. But yeah, no, that's brilliant. Well. Uh... Uh, as, as I said at the top, thank you very much for joining us. And um, I'll put a link in the tweet um, for Peter's podcast, which he does with two others, Owls About Stats. Um, so thank you very much for joining us, Peter. And uh, best of luck, other than the two games against us. You can do rubbish in them and then do absolutely fine for the rest of the season. But it's been yeah. an absolute oh. pleasure speaking to you. Yeah, you too. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. So yes, uh, that that was. Uh, thank you very much for Peter uh, for joining me. I'll put the Owls About podcast and Peter's personal Twitter uh, in the tweet. So go and check them out. Peter, um, by the looks of it, does some brilliant stuff with statistics, um, and he's got a sort of guide on the championship this season as well on his personal Twitter. So make sure you go and check that out. But um, yeah, no, James, it's uh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, it, you know, you've, you've been on before, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure you'll be on again at some stage. But um, yeah, it's um, it, it's been a good one. It, it's nice to talk football again when, you know, the fact that we've won. Uh, you know, a lot of the times, I think the last time we spoke, we've just taken an absolute hammering from Man City. So <laughs> it's nice to uh, it's nice to actually speak about a win, uh, and hopefully. There'll be many more times that we can speak about wins as well because we, outside of podcast work, we do actually speak quite a lot in terms of uh, the Watford in general. Yes. So it, uh, it it is very nice to, to to be a little bit more positive than we were last season. <laughs> um, but like I said, if you guys haven't already, go and check out James's uh, the Watford way. Um, I, I believe that you're also doing similar with. Uh, having fans on your YouTube as well. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, that's right. So before before every league game, shall we say, um, we get fans on to do like a, an, opposition, an opposition preview, kind of getting the perspective of a fan um, who's coming up against Watford, how they think we're going to play, um, what their expectations are for the game. And um, I also try to speak to Watford fans from different corners of the world because um, it's always interesting getting getting opinions from fans n- not in England. And, you know, some of these fans wake up at 12, you know, 2 a.m., to uh, to watch Watford and um, that they, they are really really dedicated. So uh, it's always good to get um, lots of fan opinion. Absolutely. So if you're listening and you're not from the UK, get in touch with James, and I'm sure he'll be able to squeeze you in one of the days. But uh, and if you do get up at two o'clock to watch us, especially after last season, we deserve a deserve bloody keys to the city. I think. But um, oh, you know, three o'clock over here has been bad enough. So fair play to you if you have been. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's, uh, that's that's all we've got time for this week, ladies and gents. Thanks very much for, for tuning in. Like I said, Ben will be back next week. Uh, he's he's uh, new parenting duty, so he's uh, had to take the week off. But hopefully we'll be back to talk about a victory at Hillsborough and also squeeze in uh, a bit of chat about possibly a victory at the Kassam Stadium. 
I, it feels bad saying this, but I'm not that bothered about how it goes. Um, but we'll, we'll see. So hopefully we'll be speaking about two victories. It'll be very nice. But if it's just the one at Hillsborough, then I'll be very, very happy. But yeah, as always, thanks for tuning in. And uh, remember to retweet us, tell your friends about us, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on uh, the App Store and you can subscribe on Spotify as well. But uh, yeah, from me and James, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Podcast Network.